Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is to help people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Hey, good to see you guys. Welcome to our Wednesday night service. We're glad that you're here, all of our online family. We're glad that you're here and all of you all that are podcasting. Thanks for taking time to dial in and check us out. We are in part two uh, of finish what he started. And so uh, tonight, so that I don't get rushed, I'm going to dig right into things. Uh, Let's pray and let's unpack this. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word, that it is forever settled. It never changes, that you never change, that you sent your word to lead, to guide, to inspire us to become vessels of honor for you for such a time as this. So open the eyes of our understanding, Holy Spirit, and speak clearly to us tonight in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Mark chapter three is where we'll start. Uh, if you've got the Version app, we'll have all these scriptures available for you. Um, now, last week I showed you Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Same account, different perspectives with the gospels, but I, I really wanna focus in on Mark three tonight. Jesus went up, uh, verse 13, Jesus went up on the mountain and he called to him those that he wanted. And they came to him, and then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out. What comes first? No, come on now. Y'all, we talked about this last week, that they might be with him. That they might be with him. That they might be with him. See, here's the thing that you've got to wrap your head around, you all. In order for us to do anything for Jesus, we're going to have to spend time with Jesus. Yeah, you got me? So he appointed the 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and cast out demons. Matthew chapter 10 As you go, this is Jesus giving the assignment out to the disciples. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Watch this. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the the dead, cast out demons. Pay close attention. Freely you have received freely give. Now, here's the two things I want to highlight out of this passage. Freely you've received, freely give. Freely give what? Now, come on. because but, but what has happened over time is part of Jesus' message has been taken out of the equation. We don't hesitate to talk about the teaching and preaching of the gospel, going out and, and, and sharing the gospel of the kingdom, but the healing part of it has become questionable in our time of, as, as believers. But Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. He's talking about the assignment, the anointing, the instructions to preach and teach and heal. Freely give to who? Just a special group? Anybody that comes to them that is asking for, believing for healing, give it to them. In Acts chapter 1, remember this is Luke continuing his account from the gospel of Luke. And in verse 1, he says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Not that he finished, not that he come and accomplished his assignment. Jesus did finish his assignment at the cross, making us righteous. 
redeeming us, establishing the new covenant. Yes, Jesus did finish those things, but the ministry of Jesus is still going. The book of Acts is full of that. Throughout the book of Acts, you see not just the disciples. This is one of the big ones that, that uh, continually comes up in conversations. And it's one of the big pushbacks that I get. And I know many of you have heard this teaching. Well, that was just for that special 12. They had a special anointing. They had a special calling. They were the 12 apostles and they, huh? But there are no scriptures for the special. As a matter of fact, when you get into the book of Acts, it blows that theory out of the water. The apostle Paul wasn't one of the 12. And this guy had incredible healing ministry. Not to mention Philip, Stephen, a bunch of these other guys that they, they, they were just regular disciples like you and I. I submit to you that a disciple is a disciple. Remember last week I was quoting Jesus out of the gospel of Luke. He said a, a disciple that's fully trained will be like his teacher. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles. See, those commandments, I want you to think about this. One of those commandments, we call it today the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. One of the, one of the things that Jesus tells to the, the, his first disciples is this. You go and you teach them everything I taught you except healing. No, all of it. See, guys, the reason that it's such a shaky, questionable thing today is because we just simply don't talk about it enough. That's the only, that's the only thing. And so... Part of my responsibility is to make sure that we have enough of these conversations so that it's not questionable, that it's not this gray kind of if it be thy will, Lord, type of thing. Now, we've discussed this in, the, in, in previous sessions. See, Jesus, I want you to understand something. He is absolutely expecting us to finish what he started. And as his body on the, on the planet today, our assignment is continue those things that he commanded. Going to all the world. You see, you should be to a place in your journey. Now, I say this respectfully because I know we're all at different places in our journey of faith. But as you grow in this, you should come to the place of confidence in your life that you expect Jesus. You know, the Bible says that Jesus, after the, he sent the disciples out, that he accompanied them with signs following. Hmm? He confirmed, the actual the text says he confirmed the word with signs following. You see, as long as you're teaching the word to people, God's gonna back you up. As long as you're teaching the word, God's gonna back you up. Matthew chapter nine, this, now I know we're still reviewing. Verse 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease among the people. And when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no 
shepherd. And then he said this to the disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. The new living says, verse 38, like this, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send workers into the field. Here's the thing, workers to do what? But guys, it's not just harvest. He needs workers to go do. If you go read the passage again, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching and preaching in the synagogues and doing what? So what does he want workers to do today? Go into all the cities teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing. But if we don't talk about it enough that it's a reality in our life, then there's no way you're going to have confidence to sit across the table from somebody and, and be willing to step up and boldly proclaim Jesus still heals today. Because I can tell you from experience as a pastor that does this, I get pushed back all the time and it's called unbelief. Confusion, lack of teaching, false teaching. See, if we honestly, say honestly, if we honestly believe the Bible is God's word, that it is the Christian foundation for truth, that God's word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, if God's word is forever settled, if God told us to pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven and God never changes, at what point did the commission that he gave the first disciples and our job, our, our commission today change? Well, I, I, I know in theory it didn't, but oh no, it did. Because I can tell you when I go out and talk to people, they're not expecting God to heal them because way too many have been taught this principle. If it be, if it be your will, Lord, <clears throat> God's will is forever settled. God's word is his will. All you have to do is look at Jesus' life and see Jesus is the manifest nature and presence of God. How do I know that? Because in the gospel of John, he said, if you've, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He said, I only, this, this is a big one, I only do what my father does. See, I would, I would love, Sherry, I would love to confidently say that, but I can't really say I only do what the Father does. Because to be honest, let's just be real. There's a lot of me, David, there's a lot of me going on up in here too. Huh? Y'all, y'all, you, you, are, you, are you there? Can you relate to that? But not Jesus. That's why he walked in the fullness of it. Well, we're not there yet, but that doesn't mean that we cannot desire and strive to press toward the goal of that call. To measure up, the book of Ephesians says that he is the fullness and stature that we are to measure up to. You know, when your kids are growing up, you've got the little lines on the door as they get taller. That's how we are. We're supposed to back up to Jesus and say, I'm getting bigger, Jesus. I'm... Seriously. The things Jesus began to do and teach, we are to continue. Guys, I probably, every time I talk about healing, I, I write this thought down because, and here it is. Why, why do we struggle with it so much? Why do, we, why do we struggle with this subject so much? And, and well, that's one, that's one thing we're not taught. We don't talk about it. But a, 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 bigger, a bigger one is this. And, and people choke on this. And I want you to know something. Those of you watching or you're listening later at a podcast, I love you. But listen, 
When you follow Jesus, the only thing in, I'm talking about Jesus, the only thing in Jesus' life and ministry that stopped the healing power from flowing was one thing. Oh, you know this, unbelief. But today's church really has a hard time hearing that they're in unbelief. Because I've been a good Christian most of my life, pastor. Okay, but that doesn't mean you're still not carrying around some unbelief. That's it, guys. See, faith for any subject, you got to get this. Faith for any subject comes from hearing the word of God on that subject. So we got to talk about it. Unless we preach and teach healing, there's no way we're going to have faith for it. You think about it. Now, this kind of reminds me, uh, and we're going to talk about J. Iris in a few minutes, but you think about the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Now, she had suffered for 12 years with her symptoms. And the Bible says that she had spent all the money she had on doctors, and she was no better. But I, I love this statement. The, the Gospel of Mark says this, but when she heard about Jesus, I wonder what she heard, Derek. I can promise you, hey, hey, there's this guy, there's this Jewish rabbi coming around, and wherever he goes, sick people get healed. She's like, what? So, oh, yeah, girl, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. and you, If you can get to him, you can get healed. She's, um, she's like, I mean, her, her radar went off. Let, let me take it a step further. Her faith engaged. How do I know? Because Jesus, when she came to Jesus... This is probably one of my favorite healing stories in the Bible because she didn't even ask for healing. She just went and took healing. She stole some healing from Jesus. I'm not kidding. Go read the story. She goes and she says to herself, if, if I, don't, I don't have to get him to pray for me. If I, can just, if I can just touch his clothes, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll get my healing. And the Bible says that she pressed into this crowd and it was so busy because the Bible says that there was multitudes that were following and, and touching and bumping into each other. And, she, and, and I, in her weakened state, because she is losing blood constantly, I'm sure she had to crawl to get to him in the crowd, being kicked and bumped around, dirt knocked in her face. And I, I can just in my mind, of it, she sees him and just enough, she has just enough power to lunge forward and grab the robe. Faith, I'm talking, she didn't care because in that time in history, the, the, law, the Jewish law said that you're not to be in public with her symptoms. She pushed. <laughs> but that's a good one, Eric. I could preach on that for a minute, buddy. But she pressed through anyway, and she touched his, his robe. And instantly, she knew in her body that she's healed. And Jesus stopped, not because he felt something physically. He stopped because he felt power go out of him. He didn't see anything. He didn't know who, do it, who did it. He said, who touched me? And the disciples were like, man, what are you talking about, Jesus? Everybody's bumping into you. How come everybody didn't get healed? One person got healed. This radical, crazy, faith-filled woman that didn't care what anybody thought, she pressed in. And then he turns around to her and says, don't be afraid, because she was afraid, because she thought, uh-oh, I took a healing. I didn't ask for a healing. He might take it back, you know. 
Come on now. We think goofy stuff. And he said, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith, your faith, not my awesome power, not God's will, your faith made you whole. Think, let, let, let me, let's bring it home a little bit. Think about it this way. If you, it, Robbie, if you were one of Jesus's disciples that walked with him every day, you went everywhere with him, and then all of a sudden you're in the break room at work and you're telling somebody about Jesus. What you gonna say? How are you gonna describe, you gonna tell the story about the one with the issue of blood? You better believe it, man. Let me tell you about this dude, man. You're gonna tell everything he did, won't you? When you follow Jesus today. See, the problem is we have to take the word of God from this intellectual thing that we read and study and try to be theological. Stop that mess. Allow some transformation to take place inside you. See, a major key is moving from this informational approach to the word of God to a transformational approach. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, you are changed from the inside out. You don't have to see him. The word of God, according to the gospel of John, according to the words of Jesus himself, I am the bread of life. I am the word of God. I am truth. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. And in John chapter one, verse 10, the Bible says, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among humanity. What did? The word did. The written word, the living word, one and the same. And in our life today, the written word, it'll come off the page and they call that rhema, the revealed living word of God and it becomes a reality in your life. Then it's no longer what somebody said, now it's yours. And just like the woman went and took healing, you could take healing today. See, my belief is this. As we talk about healing, you're not going to have to pray. You're not going to have to ask. Healing is just going to manifest in your life. Because the, the, God says that he sent, the psalmist says, God sent his word and he healed them. Hmm? Man, I don't know about all that stuff, Reverend. That's why you're here. Because you don't know. But you're about to know. Because we're going to talk about it and talk about it. Huh? See, who, at the end of the day, who's honestly going to be willing to not only grow stronger in this, but to stay in it until? See, that's the thing. Remember we talked about last week out of the, the parable of the sower? You've got to stay in the word of God till it transforms you. I know we all want Jesus to do this instant manifestation, this supernatural thing, but guys... He wants us to grow in this. Sure, he could come down and heal everybody in this room. He wouldn't even have to come down here. But, for, but he didn't design it that way. The just shall do what? Live by, by, yeah. See, faith is not for the sissy. It's not for the weekend warrior. Give me a, just, actually, just give me a little nugget and I'm good till next Sunday. No, that's not faith. Faith is a lifestyle. And you do not develop a lifestyle by just getting a little sermon on Sunday to soothe your conscience. You have to dig into this and allow the word of God to be the foundation of your life. Remember this, guys. Knowing that Jesus is a healer and believing that he actually heals, not the same thing. Remember last week we talked about the leper. The leper came to Jesus and said, Lord, I know you can heal if you will. And he made it very clear. We went into great detail on this last Wednesday night. Jesus said, I will. And if he, I will the leper, he, I will you. 
Come on, guys. <clears throat> See, I believe the question that we need to ask maybe is this. Do we honestly believe? Honestly. Do you honestly believe it? Or are you waiting on confirmation? See, if you're waiting on confirmation to let, to, to, to let you know that you were believing, you're not believing. Come on, guys. Believing, you don't have to see. In the middle of symptoms, I believe God heals. In the middle of symptoms, I believe Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my disease and pains in his body at the whipping post. Why go to the whipping post? I know theologians and historians try to say, well, that was the Roman method back in the day. If you were to be, if you were to be executed on the cross, the first step was a beating at the whipping post. But there's much more going on here than that. Because if that was the case, then why would the prophet Isaiah hundreds and hundreds of years prior to this event see what's happening and call him, say, say that, you know, that the father allowed this to happen. If Jesus just had to make an appointment at the cross to redeem us from the sins of, of, of the world and make us righteous, he could have just scheduled an appointment. But he didn't. He took a beating for a reason. The problem is most of us, we still walk by sight, not by faith. Now let's go back to this story because the woman with the issue of blood, what happened here she actually interrupted Jesus because he was on his way to this uh, ruler of a synagogue named Jairus. Jairus comes to Jesus, same thing, he had heard that Jesus is healing. Jairus' child is dying. And he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, my, my child is dying, come. Jesus says, okay, I'm going to come with you. I want you to pay close attention to this because we're going to talk about another story in a second where Jesus didn't go. But with Jairus' account, Jesus said, okay, let's go. I'm going to go right now. But on the way, Jesus gets interrupted. The woman with the issue of blood, that whole story, it's all unfolded. Now, I want you to put yourself in Jairus' shoes because you know he is freaking out right now because he's like, Jesus, I just told you my daughter's dying and you, and you mess it with this woman. He turns to Jairus and he makes this statement. He says this, Jairus, only, say only, only believe. And I submit to you that Jairus listened to Jesus <clears throat> because when they got to Jairus' house, Jesus said the child is not dead, just asleep. And what did they do? They laughed at him. Now pay close attention to this. When you follow this story, Jesus said, get out. He told the preachers, he told the grandmother, he told Aunt Susie, get out with all your, um, get the unbelief out. See, sometimes you got to get the unbelief out. There's a lesson here. See, you don't want just anybody praying for you when it comes to healing. Lord, if it's your will, no, not going to happen there. You need somebody that knows the word. <clears throat> Can I show you another one? Luke chapter five, verse 17, one day Jesus was teaching in the Pharisee, Watch this, verse, uh, verse 17. The Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. Now, this is the story of the four friends, Jack, that brought the lame man, the paralyzed guy. There are four friends that brought Jesus. Jesus is, just picture, all right, let's just come up in this room. <clears throat> Jesus is preaching, and the Bible says that the room is full of Pharisees and teachers of the law. 
There may have been scattered throughout. There's some believers everywhere. But when you read the whole story, there was no, you couldn't get anybody in. They were not social distancing that night. Couldn't get anybody in the room. And it would have been very easy for these four friends to say, man, you know, Joe, we brought you here, but we can't get you in. Sorry, buddy. But they didn't. Zach, they didn't. They were crazy with their faith. I could hear one of them now like, hey, we could probably get up on the roof and, and let him down through the roof. And they start looking at each other and like, okay. That's, and then they look at the, the, the paralyzed guy that they're carrying on this mat. Like, man, you good with this? Like, we, we, I, y'all got me. You're not going to drop me, right? <clears throat> and so you got to see this kind of radical. Are, are you, would you be this crazy in your faith today? I submit to you, I don't know that we would. Well, I, Jack, I went to pray for them, but they wouldn't let me in today. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I can't help them. Come on, you all. I think we need to change the way we think a little bit. I think, you know what? I, I believe God's looking for some crazy people, some crazy faith, some climb up on a roof, cut a hole in somebody's roof. We don't even know whose roof it was. The Bible doesn't tell us. And they let, they, I, they had to go find ropes somewhere you know, the Bible says they, they tied the rope around this. They got this dude, basically, <clears throat> he's in some kind of sack. And they tie some ropes on him, and they're letting him down through the roof. I mean, come on. I'm sure, because Jesus is preaching, he probably had to stop. Hold on just a minute, boys. Something's happening here. And all the Pharisees, they're all critical, because that's, that's all they're there for anyway. And they're watching this guy come down. He's, they're letting him down. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Watch this. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, he didn't hear their faith, he saw their actions, and he told the dude, he actually, he actually started messing with the Pharisees at this point because he said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? Notice Jesus said, which is easier Neither one of them. He said, let me show you which is easier because I know I can forgive sin. Get up, dude. Get up. It's interesting that in that story, the only dude, the Bible, when you go, let me have that scripture again, guys, in in Luke. Watch this. At the end of it, it says this. One day Jesus was teaching the Pharisees, the preachers of the law were sitting there, and they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. Three cities. Watch this. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus. Wait, 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 wait. Because see, a lot of people think, yeah, but that was Jesus. He could do what he wanted. He was Jesus. According to this scripture, the power of the Lord was with Jesus to do this. It reminds me of Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. It reminds me of, of, the, of, of the, next, the previous chapter in Luke 4, Jesus stood in front of the Pharisees and said, The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do this. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick, but only one dude got healed. Because of how? Faith. Faith. You think about it. If Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says that all the accounts of the Old Testament, they were written for our admonition and our correction. So if those are written for instruction and correction, why wouldn't the accounts of Jesus be for our instruction and correction? 
They are. That's why in John chapter 14, he said, hey, guys, the things I do, you can do them. <laughs> he said, all things are possible to him that memorizes scripture, that listens to a healing series. No. Do we honestly believe the word of God? That's the thing. Let me take it a step further for you. How much of a demand in your life, how much of a demand do you put on God's word? Because see, sometimes people in their, in their false attempt of humility, like, I don't feel right demand. I'm not saying you're demanding God as you're in charge of God. No, he wants people of this kind of boldness. That woman with the issue of blood, she pressed in and took healing. She didn't even ask. I just, I'm taking healing, man. I took it. What kind of demand do you put? What kind of expectation do you actually place on the word of God, on what God tells you? If God says that he took sickness away from you, put a demand on that. Right in the middle of symptoms and circumstances. Well, do I go to the doctor? Don't go to the doctor. If you didn't get an instant change and you're not, you're not believing it, you better go to the doctor. And here's the thing. Don't ever roll up in a doctor's office without believing God. They don't know you. You don't know them. Yeah, but they got a degree. <laughs> are you for real right now? <laughs> you know how many people are, are in the, the ground today because doctors couldn't accomplish anything? But people don't get mad at doctors. But you let somebody try to teach faith and, and, and a saint goes home early because they didn't see the desired result. Man, they'll, they'll, they'll rake a preacher over the coals. You remember the example? See, it, it's all about what God tells us, you all. And to the degree that we believe it. You remember the story? I know I'm telling you all these stories, but listen, I mean, when you got the word of God, the story of this centurion that came to Jesus over his servant, he told Jesus, he said, listen, I am a man under authority. This, this is a centurion soldier. He, he understands. He, if, you, if you do some study of history, you grow up in the Roman army, you know rank and submission. You know order. And this guy, as a centurion, that means he's, he's heading over at least 100 other soldiers. And I assure you that he's seen his time of war. So he's a hard, I'll hurt you man. And he told Jesus, he said, I'm really not worthy because of my lifestyle to even come into your presence. But I know authority. So just say the word. Because I know who you are. Just say the word. Just say the word. Well, I, I tried to say the word one time and it didn't work. I submit to you, you tried it and gave up on it because you, you're not operating at the same capacity Jesus is yet. But if you continue growing in it and growing in it and growing in it, you'll be able to say things and do things just like Jesus did. The Bible, you know, you understand guys, the Bible doesn't play mind games with us. At some point, you're going to have to draw a line in the sand and say, no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, no matter what I feel, I believe the word of God. And, it's, and that won't be easy because the devil won't just lay down and say, oh, man, you got it. So no, no. He, will, he will send every thought. That's, check, it still hurts, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. See, God didn't heal you. You shut your mouth. 
Paul said, take every thought captive that exalts itself against the knowledge of who you are in Christ. Now, let me, this, this is my, my key story tonight. I know I've dropped a bunch of them on you. John chapter four. This, is, this story is not in any of the other gospels. And this is an interesting story about the nobleman's son in John chapter four. So let's unpack this a little bit. I'm gonna use the New Living Translation. And in verse 46, as he, talking about Jesus, as he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official, a nobleman there in Capernaum whose son was very sick, verse 47. And when he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, watch this, he went and he begged Jesus. Now, now, let me stop for a second. This is a government official, a nobleman, a high-ranking person in the city. And now here he is, verse 47, he heard, he heard that Jesus had come to Judea. Now, obviously, he'd heard some stuff about Jesus, right? Otherwise, why is he going to beg Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die? Serious, right? Verse 48, Jesus said, Will you never believe in me unless you see signs and wonders? Now, he's not just talking to this man because he's never encountered this man before, but this, he, he knows a little bit about this man's heart because Jesus perceives things spiritually. But he's talking in general, y'all won't believe unless you see a sign. You don't need to believe if you get a sign. There's no believing necessary. Come on, you all. Verse 49, the official pleaded, Lord, Please come before my boy dies. Verse 50. Then Jesus said, go home. Your son will live. And the man, now the first two times you, you see, there's something going on. His, his faith isn't there yet because the first two times he's begging. You don't have to beg God. He's your father. He loves you. You don't have to beg Jesus for stuff. <clears throat> but when Jesus gave the word, something happened. This, something clicked inside this guy. Verse 50, Jesus told him, go home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. And while the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive. Verse 52, and he asked them when the boy had begun to get better. And they replied, yesterday. Let's stop for a second. Did they say yesterday? So here's what I want you to wrap your head around. This dad goes to Jesus yesterday. A long, that's right, Jack. Uh, it's a journey. He obviously started back, but it's, he, you, can't, you can't travel at night back then. So you, he had to stop somewhere. So he's got his journey that he's leaving. He has to stop and stay the night somewhere and get back up and continue his journey. And the whole time, I promise you, the enemy is wearing his head out just like he does ours. You, ain't got, you, you actually believe that dude? I mean, that's a, that's a crazy guy. You've heard what they're all saying about him, all the preachers and all the Pharisees. You've heard that they're, they're saying he's, he's radical. Your son's dead by now. Hmm? You know all the, th he's, but the guy, the guy believed God. And, and he said, he asked the, when the boy began to get better and they replied yesterday around one o'clock, the fever disappeared. And the father realized that that was the very time that Jesus told him, here's the same word that he said, your son, go home, your son will live. See, 
Have you ever found yourself in a situation and you begin to reason away what God told you because you haven't seen the result yet? See, there's no way this father could even, he, he, he hadn't, you know, he, he, couldn't send, he couldn't send a text back home and check. He had to, and the Bible makes it clear, he believed what Jesus told him and he left. He believed him. Do you believe what Jesus tells you today? Yeah, I, I, I do, Pastor, but no. If that's your statement, then you don't. You may have knowledge of the scripture, but you do not believe the scripture. See, if Jesus is our example, if he is our teacher, then what is Jesus saying to us? What is he trying to get us to understand through his word? He told the dude, go home, your son will live. And the guy believed him and he left. He didn't ask for a sign. He just left believing. He left believing. He had to take that journey back home, a day's journey to get back with all the thoughts and the fear and the worry and the anxiety, just like all of us battle with. And then he finds out that what God said, because he believed it, See, I'm telling you guys, I know we would love for Jesus just to show up in the room and do miracles. But he's done that. He accomplished a covenant, a covenant. I want you to understand this today. Parents, you, you've got to be able to relate to this. <clears throat> you tell your children, this is the way we do things in our home. Yeah, but I don't want to do them that way. I just want... I just want, I want it my way. What's that, what's that get them? <clears throat> See, there is a covenant that Jesus established. A covenant. The just shall live by faith. He actually expects us to live by faith. And there are many that have went home to heaven early because they did not. And I know people don't want to hear that. We are very prideful people because we've got loved ones. Yeah, yeah. well, my aunt, my aunt Susie, she was a wonderful Christian. Yeah, but you don't get it by works. <clears throat> you don't get born again by works. You have to come to a place in your life where you take a look at Jesus and you accept his principles, his teachings. John chapter 6, verse 38 Jesus said, I came from heaven not to do my will, John 6, 38, but the will of him who sent me. So you, there is no way, it, when you follow Jesus through the scriptures and he heals everyone that came to him for healing, according to John 6, 38, healing is God's will. You can't question that. <clears throat> Take it a step further, Matthew chapter 8, verse 17 is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah 53. This fulfilled the word that the Lord spoke through the prophet that he, that Jesus, he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. What's that mean? Because we still have them today, don't we? <clears throat> but he paid the price for it. You don't have to take it. But you, we have to learn how to walk this out. Because we just won't wham, bam, thank you, man. Fix it, Jesus. He said, I have given you the power. <clears throat> Come on, guys. 
Peter says in verse Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins on his own body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. Watch this. You have been. Who, who, who's that written to? <clears throat> what are you supposed to do with a scripture like that? You got symptoms in your body. And according to Peter, this dude had such anointing flowing through his life that the book of Acts says that they would bring the sick people and just lay them in the street hoping that Peter would walk by them. Can you get that close to Jesus that that much anointing is flowing out of you when you walk by somebody? Listen, I sat under somebody that walked in some of this stuff. Brother Hagen, I remember a story he shared with us one time. Uh, he was in a restaurant, and this dude had symptoms. He, he was very sick. And Brother Hagen didn't know anything. He knew he was sick, but he didn't know any details. And he didn't make a scene. He's just in the, he's just in the restaurant, and he puts his hand on his shoulder. And he's just talking to him, talking to the rest of his friends. And the healing power of God hit the dude. Can we walk that close to Jesus? We want to, don't we? We love stories like that. You see, I take full responsibility for my role as your pastor that I still have a lot to do, a lot to grow in. I have to spend more. And here's what's crazy, Derek. This is the crazy thing about it. More and more I find God pulling me that way. Turn this off. Don't go there. Come back over here. Sit down. Yeah, but God, I've read that a thousand times. I know. Come back over here. Sit down. See, everything Jesus did while he was on the planet in a human body was not only fulfilling the prophetic, it is written word of the Old Testament, but he is pointing us to what he's about to accomplish on the cross for us. He's showing us, this is why, <clears throat> thank you, Lord. When you follow the life of Jesus and the writings of Jesus, after the cross, not one time is Jesus referred to as the only begotten again. You know what he's referred to in the New Testament epistles? Firstborn. Why would they call him firstborn? Because there's going to be a second and a hundredth, and a millionth. Like I told you last week, as we speak currently on the planet, there is approximately 2.5 billion Christians on this planet. 2.5 billion. Now, here's the thing. There's 8 billion people. So remember what we were talking about? Pray the Lord of the harvest that he send out workers. You think Jesus needs workers with 8 billion people? Yeah. But the thing I want you to understand is this, that we are in a place today that if we be willing and obedient, not out of some legalistic religious obedience, because God said, this is how you're supposed to live. The just shall live by faith. If I told you to go preach the gospel of the kingdom and lay hands on the sick, then that's what I told you to do. Go do it. Yeah, but what if I don't see anything? Listen, it's, you can't heal nobody without Jesus anyway. Who are you kidding? Huh? See, once you get this settled in your life, and you start sitting at the feet of Jesus, what will happen is God will begin to deal with you. You got to get your mind in agreement with him. I am who God says I am. You know what the proverb says? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, I was laying on the floor at the house before service and I'm meditating on the things of God. And I'm like, man, because I'm praying for y'all. I'm praying for healing to start flowing. And inside my spirit, God says this. 
I have anointed you with the Holy Spirit and power to heal the sick. I'm like, what? <laughs> of course, I know in my mind, I know that. Dave, I know that. But it's not the knower. See, I believe that as I'm speaking, the healing anointing is flowing in this room. Remember what, remember I just read you the story when they, the four friends brought the paralyzed guy? The Bible said that the power of the Lord was present to heal, but only one guy got it. It's here right now. I don't feel anything. That's because you're still walking by feelings. You're walking by sight. The healing power of God is here right now. You see, <clears throat> you got to get your mind thinking on the right thing. Remember what I told you earlier? Put a demand on God's word. What are you expecting? Yeah, but I, I still hurt. Yeah, I still have allergies right now. They're bugging the heck out of me right now. But I am telling you that they're not going to stay in my body. But you got to make your mind about, about your junk. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Here's, here's the thing, guys. We're going to think about something. Why not think about what God said? Let me, let me get you out of here. Exodus chapter 15, the Bible says this. I am, now this is God speaking. I am the Lord who used to heal. What's that say? I am the Lord who heals. Now this I am statement is the same I am statement that God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush when he said, Lord, who do you say, who am I supposed to say sent me? He said, you say I am sent you. Not I'm gonna be. God's getting ready to do something. God's getting, no, God is. I am the Lord who heals. Not used to be. See, there has to be a change in our thinking because we are the ones that God is expecting to finish what he started. We are the body of Christ on the planet. And I know that we're all at different places, but as we sit and meditate and feed on the word of God, transformation takes place. But you gotta feed on the word of God with faith, guys. You can't it can't just be word. The Pharisees had more word than anybody on the planet. They had the word, but they, they had no faith because Jesus stood right in front of them and they wanted to kill him because they would not believe that he is who he said he was. So it's not just word. When you sit down in the word, read it with faith. Like a little child, what, what mom and dad said you're getting at Christmas. You go tell your little one you're getting, they're getting a new bike. Well, it probably doesn't mean anything today, but you tell them they're getting a new video game, they'll, do, they'll lose their mind over that. If they get all excited, you need to read with excitement and expectation. Stop trying to cram a bunch of Bible in you and stop. Put the brakes on. Meditate in it day and night. Meditate in it day and night. Huh? The things Jesus did, you can do. Believe God. He is in you. He is your healer today. First Peter 1 says this, his divine power has given us everything we need. For a godly life. See, a lot of people read this, they think a religious life. No. Let me, refer, let me use that word a different way. Put it back up there, guys. Godly, instead of saying godly, godlike might help you a little bit. You're one of God's children, born and created in the nature and image of God. And he has given us, his divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life. 
How? Through the knowledge of him who called us. You have to understand something, guys. This happens one way, by faith. Huh? By faith. Let me pray with you this evening. Father, in the name of Jesus, for those in the room, for those watching or listening, as this word goes out, so goes forth your healing power. Receive that tonight. Receive that wherever you are at whatever time you're hearing this, God's healing power is never weak. It never fades. It never changes. And in the name of Jesus, I decree that you are healed right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.